Pastor Xavier Reese and a millennial perspective of the city of the Lord. In spite of what the news tells you and everybody else, Israel is really the safest place in the world. They tell you it's the most dangerous, it's the most volatile, but it's the safest. You know why? Because nothing can happen to Israel until the Antichrist comes. That's not the case for the rest of the world. You understand me? The city of Jerusalem will be safe and secure for the people during the millennial kingdom. Very important. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The prophet Zechariah seems to have the very end times in view, when Jerusalem will be surrounded and attacked by some type of international force. But just when it seems that all hope is gone for Jerusalem and the people of Israel, then the Lord of hosts ensures the final victory. Pastor Xavier turns to the final chapter of the book of Zechariah today to deliver the simple truths of a study entitled The Horror of Jerusalem Before the Kingdom. Let's listen. The prophet Zechariah has given to us the first part of the last battle against Jerusalem as we've seen in chapter 12. And now he gives us the second part of the same battle, the climactic scene from a different vantage point. God does this. He gives you Genesis, what he did, I created. Chapter 2, he gives you the details, how he created man. It's not a Western book and an Eastern book. General, then specifics. Go back and put details. Nothing different about this. So, let me read here. The stuff that God gives to these guys, it's amazing. Let me read here. Uh, chapter 14, Zechariah says, Behold, the day of the Lord is coming, and your spoil will be divided in your midst. For I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken, the houses rifled, the women ravished. Half of the city shall go into captivity, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations, and he fights in the day of battle. And in that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives and that faces Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from the east to the west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move towards the north and half towards the south. Then you will flee from my holy mountain, for the mountain valley uh, shall reach to Azel. Yes, you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, the king of Judah. Thus the Lord my God will come and all the saints with you. I shall come to pass in that day that there will be no light. The lights will diminish. It shall be one day which is known to the Lord, neither day nor night, but at evening time it shall happen that it will be light. And in that day it shall be that living waters shall flow from Jerusalem, half of them towards the eastern sea, half of them towards the western sea, and both summer and winter it shall occur. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day it shall be the Lord is one in his name one. All the land shall be turned into a plain from Gibba to Rimnon, south of Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be raised up and inhabited in her place from Benjamin's gate to the place of the first gate of the corner gate and from the tower of Hananiel to the king's winepress. The people shall dwell in it and no longer shall there be utter destruction, but Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. And this shall be the plague which the Lord will strike all the people who fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall be dissolved while they stand on their feet. Their eyes shall be dissolved and their sockets, their tongues shall dissolve in their mouths. It shall come to pass in that day that a great panic from the Lord will be among them. 
Everyone will seize his hand of his neighbor and raise his hand against his neighbor's hand. Judah also will fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the surrounding nations shall be gathered together, gold, silver, and apparel in great abundance. Such also shall be the plague on all the horses, the mule, the camels, and the donkeys, and all the cattle will be in those camps, so shall the plague be. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which come against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. And it shall be that whichever the family of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and there will be no rain. If the families of Egypt will not come up and enter in, there shall have no rain, and they shall receive the plague in which the Lord strikes the nations who do not come up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. This shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all the nations that do not come up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. In that day, holiness to the Lord shall be engraved in the belts of the horses. The pots of the Lord's house shall be like the bowls. Before the altar, yes, every pot in Jerusalem and Judah shall be holiness to the Lord of hosts. Everyone who sacrifices shall come and take them and cook in them. In that day, there shall be no longer be a Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts. Wow. This is the second sneak preview provided by Zechariah regarding the city of Jerusalem at the second coming of the Messiah. It consists of three scenes. We have here the intervention of Jesus Prior to the kingdom, verse 1 through 8. Secondly, you have the exaltation of Jesus in the kingdom, verse 9 through 15. And thirdly, you have the adoration of Jesus in the kingdom, 16 to 21. What a great finality to this book. Amazing. Let's begin here with the intervention of Jesus prior to the kingdom, 1 through 8. Notice in verse 1 and 2, the prophet Zechariah revealed further details about the siege of Jerusalem. This is the second scene, different vantage point, more details. The general statement is that Jerusalem will be sieged by the nation just before his coming, just as chapter 12 told us. Again, he calls attention to the period of time. You as a parent do this to your children. You repeat things, repeat things. You want it clear. He says that, Behold, the days of the Lord is coming. The major theme of the Old Testament, the day of the Lord. It's the day of wrath, indignation, darkness, the day of gloom. It's found 75 times in the Old Testament. You see it in the New Testament. 1 Thessalonians 5, 2, 2 Peter 3, 10. Uh, Jesus speaks about it in different terms. Tribulation, great tribulation, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, uh, Revelation 6 to 18. It's all over the place. Now, notice Zechariah. Confirm the event as being unfavorable, and your spoil will be divided in your midst. The, the prophets revealed the truth, whether it was dark or light, beneficial or not. They were responsible to communicate God's absolute truthful revelation. The word spoil there means to plunder, to take the resources, the wealth of them. Notice the particular statement about the siege of Jerusalem is described in all its horrors. This is horrible. Everybody says the man is good. Good for what? Where's the evidence? Listen carefully here. Zechariah reveals God will initiate the siege, for I will gather all nations to battle against Jerusalem. The battle of Armageddon, Revelation 16, 16 through 21. Notice Zechariah reveals God allows its capture. The city shall be taken. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He pronounced a judgment and said, You will not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Matthew 23, 37, 39. He gave up Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles' 
is fulfilled. Daniel 2, 35, 44, and 45, Luke 21, 24. The scriptures are very, very clear. Notice again, Zechariah reveals the atrocities of warfare. The house is rifled, the women ravished. The word rifle means to be plundered. The enemy moving house to house, taking valuables. Zechariah revealed the women will be ravished, indicating sexual rape. Yes, the depravity of man, horrific. In fact, Sisera's mother, if you remember in Judges 5.30, she was to appease herself about the delay of her son coming back from battle. She said that he was raping some women and collecting some of the, the goods. Listen carefully. He says, are they not finding and dividing the spoil to every man a girl or two? Speaking about rape. And plunder of dyed garments, plunder of garments embroidered and dyed. Two pieces of dyed embroidery for the neck and for looter. This is a practice. Incredible. Two or three Jews will die. Zechariah 13, 8 through 9 tells us. The worst day is still ahead for Israel. Notice Zechariah revealed a portion of the city would be taken. Half of the city shall go into captivity, cutting their military strength in half, demoralizing the one that's resisting. Zechariah reveals half of Jerusalem will stand standing. But the remnant of the people, in verse 2 there, shall not be cut off from the city. They will fight resisting the enemy. Remember that God's already told us in Zechariah 12:8 that the most feeble he will make like David. Incredible warriors. That doesn't mean that people aren't going to die. He tells you the atrocity, two to three. Notice in verse 3 through 6, the prophet Zechariah reveals supernatural events at the deliverance of Jerusalem. Jesus will fight against the nations, verse 3, in defense of Jerusalem. Listen to him. And the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations. He's already told them that in chapter 12, verse 3 through 9, from a different perspective. The manner of his defense is stated as he fights in the day of battle, indicating to defeat and to be victorious. God has never lost a battle. He's never had to take inventory whether he can put up against somebody. The Lord is a man of war, Exodus 15, 3. Four times God is called the Lord of hosts in this chapter, verse 16, 17, and 21. The captain of the armies of heaven. Look at four. Jesus will make a grand appearance. Zechariah reveals again the period of time. In that day, get used to it, don't get tired of it. In that day, the great tribulation, appearing seven times in this chapter. Zechariah reveals the particular location. His feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem. Zechariah reveals the powerful effect on the Mount of Olives here. It will separate, split in two from east to west. It will create a new gorge. Making a very large valley. Falling towards the city of Jerusalem in the Judean wilderness. Half of the mountains shall be moved towards the north and the other half towards the south. As you know, Jesus was taken in the garden uh, there at the foot of Mount of Olives. That his cousin was to meet with the disciples. John 18, 1 and 2 tells us that. Judas knew, knew it and sent him there to betray Jesus. Jesus left, ascended up from the Mount of Olives. As they were looking at him, the disciples and apostles, and the angel said, Why do you men stand here gazing up to the sky? The very same way he has left, he's going to come back the same way. And his foot touches the Mount of Olives, it splits. You know what's interesting? They've done geological surveys, there's a fault through the Mount of Olives. Not that God needs a fault. All he needs is a reason. Okay? You find that in Acts 1.11. 
Notice Jesus in verse 5 will provide an escape route for these not taken captive in Jerusalem. Zechariah reveals the guiding hand of God through the new valley. Then you shall flee through my mountain valley, for the mountain shall, valley shall reach to Aziel. He creates the way of escape as he always does in your life and mine. Down from Lebanon, down through the Dead Sea to the Gulf of Aqaba, the drift, the rift that we know right now is the greatest rift is that of the African rift. It'll be huge, it'll be bigger, everything's gonna change, the topography is we're gonna see. The way of escape that God provides. Look at five still. Zechariah confirms the certainty by relating it to their past history. God does that with you. When you get a little hopeless, a little frustrated, a little kind of this and that, God says, do you remember what I did yesterday? Do you remember what I did last week? He reminds us. He says, yes, you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, your the king of Judah. So he relates and connects it to their past history. It's not recorded in the historical books, but it is recorded in Amos 1.1, the earthquake. The scriptures are so incredible. Often, people forget about what does miraculously in their life. After the Antichrist kills the two witnesses and the world celebrates their death for three and a half years, their bodies lay in Jerusalem and God raises them up and they go up to heaven. Then it says, in that same hour, there was a great earthquake and a tenth of the city fell, Jerusalem. In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed and the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heavens. Revelation eleven thirteen. Here's an old detail from the book of Revelation fits in here. Now, Zechariah, notice, revealed Jesus will be also returning with his church. Out of the clear sky, here's the details. Listen, listen carefully. Thus the Lord my God will come and all the saints with you. You think they're horny toes and lizards or what? I mean, the saints. Now, this would be a better division for the verse right here to begin, right in the middle. Remember, chapter and verse division are not inspired. They're just put there so we can find things. And for the most part, they're okay. But... This, this event of we coming back with him is clear through the scriptures. First Thessalonians, he comes back for his church. Second Thessalonians, he comes back with his church to establish the kingdom after the battle of Armageddon. Now notice the light of day will be affected also, verse 6 through 7. Zechariah revealed the normal light of day will be supernaturally altered here. It shall come to pass in that day that there will be no light. The light will diminish. The phrase, that day, there it is again. The word diminished means to be condensed or made dense. We really don't understand that, but then he explains that that Zechariah declares the day will be distinct like no other. Listen, it shall be one day like which is known to the Lord Yahweh, neither day nor night, but at evening time it shall happen that it will be light. In other words, day and night will be equal in light. Quite a day. Isaiah 30 verse 26 tells us, Jesus speaks about it with the signs and wonders of the things that will happen in Matthew 24, 29 through 31. The sun, the moon, the stars, all kinds of things. Now you have to read the Bible and remember what you're reading. You're reading God's revelation of what's going to happen before it happens. So when it happens, you know he's God. This is not a history book. This is not an economic book. This is not a book written by man. God revealed it to his prophets. Look at verse 8. The prophet Zechariah revealed Jerusalem will be transformed. The key phrase again is stated. And in that day, Zechariah is diligent and faithful to keep repeating this phrase. Look at the city. The city of Jerusalem will be an incredible water source. Zechariah revealed the flow of water starts here at Jerusalem. He says, it shall be that living water shall flow from Jerusalem. 
Zechariah also reveals that the flow of the water goes in two different directions. Half of them towards the eastern sea and half of them towards the western sea. The eastern sea is the Dead Sea. You can't drown in the Dead Sea. You, gotta, you just float. There's so much salt and minerals in it. Oily, smelly, sulfur. And then the western sea is the Mediterranean Sea, also called the Great Sea. This is the start of the millennial. The river is described by Ezekiel, where... Progressively it goes wider and more and more deeper. He starts from his ankles and his knees and his hips and he can't even swim. He has to swim all over. It goes down to the Mediterranean. Uh, the Dead Sea will have every kind of fish the Mediterranean Sea has. The only exception will be the marshlands from Engedi to and and Glen, they'll be uh, they'll put their their nets out. The fishermen, and on both banks, there will be um, growing uh, uh, trees for fruit for every month, constantly, for because of the waters that are coming from the sanctuary of Jerusalem, and they, the leaves will be for medicine. Ezekiel forty-seven one through twelve tells us that's the millennial. Okay, so this is prior to it, but he's giving us things to tell us this, the transition, so you can see it here. Now, Joel confirms this. Listen to this. He says, And it will come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drip with new wine, the hills shall flow with milk, and all the brooks of Judah shall be flooded with water. Uh, a fountain shall flow from the house of the Lord and water the valley of Acacia. Joel 3.18 Different prophets, different times, different locations, all saying the same thing. The water source notice will flow all year long. In both summer and winter, it shall occur. Inexhaustible. Not only is it going to be transformed, no longer is the land going to be just beautiful, flourishing, but also the word of God's going to go forth as we'll see as the Lord teaches. You know, in 1939, Germans invaded Poland, and Britain and France declared war on Germany two days later. Hitler exterminated three and a quarter million Jews in Poland. 1.2 million in Russia, about 350,000 he murdered in Romania, 300,000 in Hungary, 270,000 in Czechoslovakia, 180,000 in Germany, 180,000 in Lithuania, and 15,000 in Holland, and we can go on. And yet, the worst day for Israel is ahead of her. Two or three Jews will die under the hand of the Antichrist. Now, you would have to actually be evil to say something like that if it's not God's word. This is God's word, ladies and gentlemen. You need to understand it. God will protect Israel, though, from the protection of the Antichrist after the abomination of desolation as we've seen. In Revelation twelve thirteen, it says, Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman, the woman's Israel, who gave birth to the male child. The male child is Christ. Revelation twelve thirteen. In Revelation twelve fifteen through 16, he says, so the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman and that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. So God protects her as she's fleeing to the city of Petra that we believe in Isaiah 16.1. And God rescues her. In Revelation 12, 17, it says, And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with, listen, the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and who has the testimony of Jesus Christ. He will tolerate nothing. He will be against everything except himself. This is the intervention of Jesus prior 
to the kingdom age. Secondly comes the exaltation of Jesus in the kingdom age. Verse 9 through 15. Notice in verse 9, the prophet Zechariah revealed the supreme reign in the millennium. Jesus will be king of the world. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. The whole earth, the whole world. Hosea puts it this way, Hosea 3, 4. For the children of Israel shall abide many days, listen, without a king or a prince, without sacrifice, without sacred pillar, without ephod or teraphim. Wow. You remember Hosea very clearly. Revelation eleven fifteen. After the two witnesses are killed and the earthquake of Jerusalem takes place, the third woe comes. Listen to it. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. Jesus will be reigning. In that day, the Lord shall be. The Lord is one and his name, one. The word one is a cad. It's a compound unity of one. The Shema of Israel in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 6 says that. The Lord is one. It's a text for the Trinity. A compound unity of one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Trinity. One. Same word. Paul speaks of the end of the millennium when Jesus will be one with the Father. At the end of the thousand years, he will hand over the kingdom to the Father. Paul says that in 1 Corinthians 15, 24 through 28. And then God will be all in all. So right now, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit have their places and their positions for the work of redemption. But at the end of the millennial kingdom, salvation is all over. It's the eternal state. And God will be in whatever shape he's supposed to be as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it will be all submissive to him. Amazing. Look at verse 10 and 11. The prophet Zechariah revealed the alteration of the land at the millennium. The topography will change. Zechariah revealed the Judean wilderness will be a plain. All the land shall be turned into a plain from Gibba to Ramnan south of Jerusalem. Verse 10 says. Notice Zechariah revealed the city of Jerusalem will be raised. Will be raised up. An elevation expanded to be inhabited. Jerusalem shall be raised up and inhabited in her place from Benjamin's gate to the place of the first gate and the corner gate and from the tower of Hananiel to the king's wine press. That whole area is going to be changed. The present day temple mount is surrounded by mounds higher than it. Mount of Olives is one. Mount Scope is another. It's lower. But in this day, it's going to be higher. The temple mount will be elevated and expanded to accommodate the size of the millennial temple in Ezekiel 40 to 48. He says, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountains of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and the people shall flow to it. Many nations shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, the house of God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his path. For out of Zion, the law shall go forth and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Micah 4, 1 and 2. Fits like a glove. The city of Jerusalem will be safe and secure for the people during the millennial kingdom. In verse 11, he says, the people shall dwell in it. No longer shall there be under destruction, but Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. Now, in spite of what the news tells you and everybody else, Israel is really the safest place in the world. They tell you it's the most dangerous. It's the most volatile, but it's the safest. You know why? Because nothing can happen to Israel until the Antichrist comes. That's not the case for the rest of the world. You understand me? Very important. 
Pastor Xavier Reese has been drawing the vivid simple truths for the future of the holy city on the hill, Jerusalem, as detailed for us in Zechariah chapter 12. Now you can hear this message again if you like online anytime by selecting today's date under the radio tab at calvarychapelpasadena.com. But you can also request a CD copy of this timely study titled The Horror of Jerusalem Before the Kingdom. And as always, they're available for just $4. And make sure you share this helpful insight with your brothers and sisters in the Lord once you're through. The title to ask for once again is The Siege and Deliverance from Jerusalem. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800 926 1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's helpful when you mention the call letters of this station when you contact us. And then join us for more Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese right here next time. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 